Jason Rivas owned a restaurant before the terrorist attacks of September 11th. He sold that business and joined the Army to serve his country, serving 20 years as a Green Beret in the 5th Special Forces Group on Fort Campbell, he is now getting out of the service and running his own photography business. He joins Charlie and Katie to talk about the skills he learned as a Green Beret that have helped him in the world of business, advice he would have for veterans looking to start their own business, and more. Clarksville's conversation is powered by FNM Bank. I'm excited to have Jason here because um, I've got to know him a lot over the probably past couple years because you've done a lot of different photos stuff yeah. for us right here. He's very talented. I've seen his work. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in some of his work. Have you? Yeah. Oh. He put the soft the light camera. on me. He yeah. took our pictures for Clarksville's conversation. He did. Yes. I recently, just recently uploaded those on social. I saw that. that because cool. Charlie was harassing me to get it done. So well, they were good pictures. Well, they were good pictures. Jason's done all this great work for us, and then it was sitting on a shelf. I know, I know. It's not like I don't have anything it to do. It's a virtual though. shelf. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. it's that drawer in the house that has all the family photos in it because they're all on the thumb drives. He's gonna. <laughs> exactly right. I got a ton of those. Yeah, he's gonna do eight and senior pictures for me this year too. We were talking earlier about what to do that'd be different. Well, that's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm excited to have you. I've, I've gotten to know you a little bit just recently, and it's kind of fun to, to watch what you do, but we need to learn more about you and your history. Cool. So where, where'd you grow up at? So I'm originally West Coast. So I grew okay. up in Washington State, like north of Seattle, a little small town. Um, Does your family still live there? Yeah, a good portion of my family. So my okay. dad's side of the family, they settled there. They're migrants. So they moved there in the 60s, opened a restaurant. And, yeah. What kind well, of restaurant? Fields, Mexican food. Okay. okay. It was the first Mexican food restaurant in the Skagit Valley area there. It's still going too. You, well, it wouldn't uh, be the first one in Clarksville. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. of them. It, is that near where you grew up near where they have that big tulip festival? That's the exact place where it's at. Is it really? So, yeah, Skagit Valley. That's the Rusengard and the, the tulip festival out there. Wow. Now, do they grow a lot of tulips up there because it stays cooler, or is it because it's damp? Both. So it's a river valley, so the soil's okay. a lot like Holland, which is where okay. a lot of the people yeah, settled yeah. from, but the weather is perfect for it, too. And then the families that settled there were, you know, from that region, and it just became a thing. Like, when I was mm-hmm. little, it was small. Like, we used to yeah. have a little vending cart that we would go out, and the tourists yeah. would come see it. Now it's like you can't even drive into the town. Yeah. Because it's yeah. just backed up with people for miles. That is too cool. Tracy and Lexi went out there to visit friends a couple uh, couple months ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they went to the Tulip Festival and they sent pictures. And, and that region is just beautiful. Yeah. I love gorgeous. tulips. I'd like to go to that. You yeah. should go. Oh, that's my favorite flower. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it's like a rainbow, like out in the fields there. Like it's yeah. one of the coolest. Yeah. Things what time there. of year do they? Is it spring? Like it is here? Springtime. Yeah, it's okay. a little bit later than it is here. Like the daffodils are like yeah. February here, but uh-huh. so they're a little bit later getting into. Yeah. I think early April is when it is. Okay. Wow. Is that is that when you learned to be an entrepreneur selling tulips? No, I didn't sell the tulips. Oh. We sold tacos and burritos and nachos to all the tourists. So we we had the the family restaurant. We made like a little taco cart and we would go out and we would park on the road where people were stuck in traffic and we would just hustle. Oh, that's smart. Stuck in traffic. You hungry? It was like a food truck before they were cool. Oh yeah. Long before. Like that's what we did. We had an old (laughs) mail truck that we converted into a food truck and drove it around. This was like in the eighties. Yeah. That's clever. Um, so do you still cook a lot of Mexican food? I do cook probably once a week. I'll make it at home, but Uh yeah. What's your specialty? Uh, chili Verde is the family recipe. Okay. So it's uh, now is that's a chili stuff like chili, no, right? That's a Riano. Okay. So Chili Verde is like uh, the sauce that goes on top. So it's a okay. pork gravy, but it's jalapeno and tomatillos and 
It's good. Dang, I'm getting hungry thinking about it. So I'll have to bring you some salsa down. Oh, I love love that. That's how I used to get on the radio back home, the rock and roll station. I'd take them in breakfast burritos and salsa in the morning. Uh, I didn't pay for any advertising. (laughs) And all they would do is talk about the food while they were eating. It was That's a subliminal message. I I didn't pay for any of that advertising. (laughs) You bring me some salsa and and we'll talk. Know how to do it. Yeah, we'll talk. So when when did you leave Washington? So I went... After college, I came yeah. back up to Washington. So that was 95, 96. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we opened our own restaurant there. So for five years, I had my own place. Brought like the California style because I went to school at USC. Um, learned kind of Southern California Mexican food. And yeah. like, they had more of the taco trucks, the little yeah. stands yeah. and things. So I took that style back home. Uh, we ran that restaurant. Heather and I did for about five years. And then September 11th happened. Yeah. And we were supposed to get married on September 16th. So yeah. September oh, wow. 11th happened. We were supposed to go to Hawaii for the wedding, canceled all the flights. Um, that's a whole other story. But what was it? November? You were supposed to get married in Hawaii? We were supposed to get married in Hawaii, but all okay. the flights were canceled. Yeah. So we ended up driving down to California thinking they would open up LA before Seattle and we'd still get a go. Never did. So we ended up getting married in, in Pepperdine down in, in Malibu, which worked out really cool. Um, That was a quick turnaround trying to get all that done, right? Yeah, but everything canceled. So my brother and her sister both went to Pepperdine. And so they knew her sister's, um, the dean of the school was also the chaplain for the school. And so they had a wedding cancel. So he ended up being our officiant and got us into the the chapel on Pepperdine, which is like the big stained glass window. Oh, wow. Out over the ocean. And because nobody was there, they're like, yeah, you can absolutely use it. Because nobody knew what was going on then. Like everybody Mm -hmm. freaked out. Yeah. Um, her brother was a Navy SEAL and he was on a 24 hour recall. So yeah. at our wedding, like he could have been called out and he was gone. He left like the next week. Yeah. So, so when that happened, it kind of changed everything. So yeah. I had the restaurant at the time and I was, you know, thinking about it and I'd always wanted to join the military, but there was no wars and it was kind of right. that time. Yeah. There wasn't really yeah. opportunity in it, but this changed my perspective. Felt like it's where God wanted me to be. Um, November, I signed the paperwork to go into the military. They had a program that went, straight from the street to special forces. Wow. And so I signed up for that, not knowing anything about what I was getting into. Yeah, like yeah. really mm-hmm. had no idea. Um, liquidated the restaurant by February and then April 2nd, I was in Fort Benning. So wow. it was like, it was quick. So you went straight from the street to uh, special forces. Yep. So I signed wow. up, went to, I was 30 years old when I went through basic. So I was like yeah. the old man yeah. in basic mm-hmm. training. Yeah. Bunch of young kids too, which was crazy. But within my group was like all the guys that were in um, New York, like a lot of them, they were there for the Twin Towers, signed Uh up and joined afterwards. So we had stockbrokers and lawyers and doctors. And like there was an older group of us Mm -hmm. that went through and basically, and I learned later, this is what the army does to you. Your ultimatum was you make it through or you get the worst job in the army. Mm -hmm. So we had pretty high motivation that you know, we all came in with a mission that we Uh wanted to do this. So went from Fort Benning, basic airborne to Fort Bragg through selection. Yeah. Made it through selection, um, became a medic. So went through the medic course, which was a longer, long course. It was like 18 months. You Um, went from being a restaurant owner to a medic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big change. Crazy. Yeah. Uh Totally different world. Right. And, uh, so that was 2000, what five when I got out? Yeah, two thousand five when I graduated the Q course uh-huh. and got assigned to fifth group at Fort Campbell. Um, 
signed in in July because we had just had our third daughter. So Jenna yeah. was born. Yeah. Um, the September prior. Or no, we were having our daughter. That's what, Josie was born before that. Jenna was going to be born in September. So I signed in in July. They let me stay until Jenna was born. And then October I deployed. Yeah. Wow. So I was, you know, in at Fort Campbell for, you know, five months figuring out where stuff's at. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was in Iraq. Um, yeah. Mid-October. So what what was your uh, language specialty? Farsi, Persian. Persian. Yeah. Do you keep up with it? I do. Yeah. I still, still try and learn it, still speak it, still have friends. What do you think about that, Katie? I, he's probably the only person I know that speaks Persian. There's a few around. Really? Nashville's got a little well, I don't know him. Yeah. I don't know him. Yeah, it's it's not as popular. Most of the guys at Fort Campbell, at least in group, speak Arabic. Yeah, Arabic. everybody went to Iraq at yeah, that time. Yeah, that's right. Iraq and Afghanistan. But I learned in Afghanistan they speak Dari, which is actually very, very close to mm-hmm. Persian. See, I, th- I think that's pretty cool. So there's been times I've been out Fort Campbell at Fifth Group and have the soldiers introducing themselves and their specialties and whatever, and they would speak their language. They would say either give you a welcome or something yeah. and whatever their language specialty is. It's it's totally cool. It's, it's, it, I didn't even know that you had to have a language specialty until recently. Yeah, that's one of the things like Green Berets is different than the other special operations is that we actually immerse in the culture. So by speaking the language, like we teach them how to be soldiers because a lot of it's getting building militias, right? Yeah. Afghanistan mm-hmm. we took like guys, that, farmers and mm-hmm. local people, train them how to mm-hmm. defend themselves, how to take care of their community, how to go after the bad guys. But we did all those classes in native language. Yeah. So we taught them and I taught the medic portion of it. So I had to teach like how to take care of wounded, wounded soldiers and yeah. give direction in, in a foreign language. I was terrible with Arabic, though. Arabic doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so you did this for how long? You were a medic for how long? Technically, I was a medic for, well, I stayed credentialed for all 20 years. Yeah. Um, but I only worked in that role for about... 11 years. Yeah, yeah. And then I transitioned out to do some other specialty work. All in fifth so, group. All in fifth group. Yeah. yeah. I'm one of really So you've rare, been in Clarksville the whole time. Whole time. Yep. Oh, so that's I moved wonderful. To Clarksville 2000, whoa, was it 2005. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we got here. So, so you, you make it through 20 years, you decide you're, you're getting out of the army. Then what happens? So I, the whole time, at some point I did picked up photography in there. Yeah. Um, I've always done artistic stuff. Like you're talking about signs and, you know, hanging in Mary's music. So at yeah. my restaurant, I did all the graphics and all the art. Yeah. So yeah. I've always been artistic that way. Um, but some of the training we had, like the sniper school, they teach us photography. So they yeah. teach us for surveillance and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they taught technical photography, mm-hmm. like all taking pictures in the dark and all that. But it's way more fun when you can add lights and people. And yeah, so. yeah. But it's also a crazy expensive hobby, like more expensive than golf, really. Um, so I'm sticking Charlie, with my, my, out here. Charlie, I'm my question you. that. <laughs> I like it. Um, but so Heather and I basically agreed that if I was going to do this and do it full time, then I had to pay for my gear and I couldn't yeah. bankrupt the family. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> for my hobby. Um, but I always wanted to get back into business. Yeah. So as as I started getting closer to retiring and moving back out, I was looking at what type of business to get back into. Um, Heather and I had talked about it. Was briefly. there ever a question of leaving Clarksville? No, not really. Mm-hmm. Not really. We, we kind of fell in love with it here. Mm-hmm. Just got a nice place where, you know, out in the country or what used to be the country. It's yeah. not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just, it was home. Once Kids are in school. They're all happy. Yep. I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So we wanted to stay and that's what we ended up doing. So as I transitioned out and went through getting out of the military, I kind of ramped up the business as much as I could um, until it was full, full speed as soon as yeah. I stepped out of the uniform. And you've, you've been doing that how long? Uh, about eight years total, like in varying yeah. degrees. Cause I deployed during that time. So it'd be off and on while I was gone. Yeah. Um, so when you got out of the army and you decided you're going to start this photography business, what was the first step? Cause that's a scary thing for anybody getting out of the army and trying to decide what they're going to do. I, yeah, uh-huh. it was, it was super stressful. Like, oh, getting I out bet. Of the army was the worst thing that I did in the army. Like I uh-huh. could, I'll go to combat. I'll go do the training to jump out of airplanes. Like getting out was stressful because yeah. you've got, you're just accustomed to a lifestyle. And then all of a sudden everything that you're used to is changing. Yeah. A lot of unknowns, like what happens with insurance and what happens, like where your income levels are at and going through the disability process and like, mm-hmm. getting evaluated. Um, it, it was stressful. So a lot of it had to do with the plan, like figuring out like, Hey, this is what we made when we were in the army, how we did it. And like what, yeah. what we were accustomed to, this is what it's going to be when we get out. Now what's the gap? Yeah. Like, what do I yeah. have to fill in? And it's not as the relief was, is that it's not as big as I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. You do. You still do. The one thing that the, the military has blessed us with is that we've got a good backstop, a good safety net. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. And and I've got marketable skills. Like yeah. all else fails, I can go get a job. But you did the twenty years, so you were able to retire. Yep, I retired. Mm-hmm. So do you have do you have friends in the army now that you're helping work through the transition yeah. process? Yeah. So I still stay plugged in. Fifth group has the pivot program, yeah. which is their it's specifically for fifth group special operations community and helping them transition. Big army has their programs with the. Um, there's boots to business. There's the soldier for life. Like they've, they've yeah. got a ton of resources and sure. they've done a great job of making those available and getting them out there. Didn't used to be that way. Guys used to get out and like have no idea how to translate what they actually knew into marketable mm. skills. So they've, they've done a really good job with it. So I stay plugged in with fifth group in the pivot program. Um, Joel Pruitt runs that and I do headshots for him, help out with the yeah. LinkedIn stuff, getting them, you know, advice on the resumes or advice on like how to get out there and how to network mm-hmm. and meet people. Um, trying to branch out and do more of that. Yeah. Um, one of the big skill sets that I learned and when I specialized was the people aspect of it, which kind of fit my mm. background and being yeah. in business, mm-hmm. being in a big family. Like I yeah. enjoy people. I'm extrovert. A lot of what they teach us in special operations is pretty insular. Like we, stick to ourselves. We don't promote ourselves very well. We don't talk a lot about what we do. And so interacting when you get out totally changes, like being able to network and build a a community around you that can help you succeed is not a skill set that they train. Mm. So I try and give guys that, that kind of uh, perspective on when they're getting out, that that's priority, like get Mm -hmm. back on social media and use it as a tool. It's not just, you know, Mm -hmm. scrolling, but um, so a lot of, Skills training that I recommend is a company called Elite Human Dynamics. They do the Art of Charm podcast. It's all about emotional intelligence and and network mm-hmm. building and influence. Yeah, um, learning those soft skills, changing yeah. out of that military mindset. But you have the structure of the military and the training and experience translated over into the business world and be able to communicate on yeah. a, a different level. And so, trying to get guys to see it that way. Yeah. 
is so from the time you got out and started this photography business to today, if you could go back and tell that person getting out, give that person some advice, what advice would you give yourself? Oh man. Um, and would you do anything different? Everybody does it different. Like Mm -hmm. it's a different experience for everybody going through. I would have been, and everybody says this too, is I would have been more on top of the medical, like get that all taken care of, document everything. Um, but don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help. I think one of the yeah. the things that military guys get into is we're very self-sufficient, um, especially in the NCOs, the, the non-commissioned officers, mm-hmm. very self-sufficient. It's like, oh, I can get it done. Officers have a little different experience because they kind of grow up in the networking mindset. That yeah. they, they rely on each other. So there's a, a different, different approach. But for the, the, the NCOs getting out is that go talk to people. Like go grab somebody like you, Charlie, and say, Hey, I want to learn, you know, banking industry or, you know, the community engagement industry. If you get into, you know, marketing and and radio type stuff, broadcasting, whatever it is, we have the perspective getting out of the military that we're asking for something. Mm -hmm. Most of the times it's just information Yeah, and Mm -hmm. people are so willing to give it up. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, and even myself, like I went and met with some uh, business owners and CEOs down in Nashville through the pivot program that they yeah. set up this event and they're open door. Give us a call. Let's sit down and have breakfast. I, so I took them up on it. It's like, okay, let's see how mm-hmm. this works. And my own fears were like, I don't want to come off sounding like I'm asking for money yeah. mm-hmm. or asking for something for my business. Like, I don't want to take anything. I just want to know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like what's your perspective? What's their perspective? And that's incredibly valuable. Like, that's what I would have done different. I would have done that a lot sooner and a lot more often. I think that's good advice for anyone who's wanting to start their own business, whether you're coming out of the military or not, because you're you're right. People don't mind offering you their advice and their expertise. You just got to be willing to ask for it. Mm -hmm. Most people. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with that. Relationships and and not not taking, but giving back and forth to each other. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot can can happen there. It's interesting that successful people want to help other people be successful. Yeah, they really do. No, I agree. They're very willing. I agree. Yes, and very willing because they feel. I think that the, the, when you're an elite, when, when you're a true leader, you see it almost as an obligation to want to help mentor other people mm-hmm. into those roles. So, so looking into the photography aspect, do you have a uh, favorite type? of topic for photography? What, what do you like to do versus, you know, what's your favorite thing to take pictures of? So it's kind of funny and guys on my team made fun of me for it, but like, I love fashion. Like I love fashion and commercial photography. Uh I love like the production of it and the styling, like all the little details that go into it. It's just fun for me, which is like the opposite of, you know, we're carrying guns around living in the dirt and the mud (laughs) and like, Doing all this stuff, but it's like if I could do anything like New York and Fashion Week, uh-huh. that's that's cool. That would be super cool. Yeah. But and so I take that and I do a lot of that with the seniors. He like, he's very like. into auto racing too. Yeah. So that's racing. complete opposite of fashion as yeah. well. Well, yeah. in well, a I sense, don't know. like when you get into yeah. the Formula One, like true, those cars are fashion themselves. Yeah. It, it's a that's a different world. Uh-huh. You, you put your fancy cars by your fancy planes and marry them up with some people. And well, fashion. true, true, true. <laughs> We could do, could do a, a really photo. bad photo shoot about fashion if he wanted to include <laughs> yeah. us in it. We could just go out there and stand by a car and go, uh-oh. <laughs> It'd be fun. We'd make it look good. So you you also do you also do your just 
what I would call normal stuff. You do headshots. You do all kinds of yeah. things for business, right? Yeah, there's. I really have two parts of my business. So I do the sports, sports and schools. So I do a lot of really cool stuff with the teams and like yeah. making the banners and just making the kids look super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then I also do the the headshots, commercial, the yeah. seniors, and so it's a little bit different, different business models, but they yeah. kind of feed into yeah. each other. Well, you have to almost be well-rounded because when this piece of it's, you know, seasonal, you need to have this piece to fill in the gaps, you know? Yeah. And that is very true. And and just photography or a lot of most small businesses, like there's seasonal aspects of it, but photography seems to have big peaks and and dips. Like you get the family, like we're talking about the fall, like that's all the family photos. Everybody wants all the fall colors. Well, what happens in the summer when it's you know, ridiculously hot. Nobody wants to go outside. Yeah. You gotta, because you're going to sweat your makeup off for your photos. Right? And you got to be so, at the right time of day to get the lighting right. To get the light That's right. right. You've only got yeah. so much time. Mm-hmm. So as a business owner, you got to think, it's like, if I'm not shooting through June, July, August, like where am I, yeah. you know, making my yeah. money, paying my rent. So when you we, got to stuff to offset it. Yeah. When I, years ago, I used to do newspaper and when we would go out and do photo shoots for like automobile dealers for marketing, we'd always say the best day to go shoot photos is when it's cloudy. Yep. Yeah, a little bit overcast is good. Yeah. So, so what happens next? You've got a successful business. What what future plans do you have? Do you have growth plans? What What are you looking at? Anything you can tell us? Oh yeah, there's plans. <laughs> got, got big plans. Um, so what I'm working on now is is really taking the sports aspect of it and growing that. That's a company yeah. that I want to run. That's not yeah. really my photography. That's not like you ask what I'm into. I'm going to keep doing what I like to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The sports aspect that's growing. I'm really looking at that as a either a franchise or some type of model where I can get other guys that are you know, military background that are into yeah. photography or into business ownership and replicate these locations in different, different yeah. markets. So if you look at all the different club sports, you could really be just baseball focused yeah. and make a decent living with yeah. that yeah. or, yeah. you know, soccer, travel, soccer, travel, baseball, like anything like that. So looking at different markets and expanding yeah. into mm-hmm. that. That's so cool. it, it's fun. It's and what's interesting is that it's really the same. I'm not doing anything different than I did when I was in the army. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to running the business, it's all about the people working, yeah. you know, Green Berets, we work by, with, and through people. So I want to find those people, teach them, train them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a workshop coming up in July to learn photography. Yeah. Um, it's more of a basic to intermediate, but it's like, if you got a camera and you want to learn how to take better pictures, like yeah. I love teaching. That was one yeah. of the things I got out of being a Green Berets teaching. So do that and then grow that into those same people are now like, Hey, do you yeah. want to actually go shoot for an event, hire them on, get them trained up and see them succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Like grow their their skill set, but provide them the venue to do it. Wow. And that's kind of how See, that's what I'm talking about. People who are true leaders want to see other people yeah. successful. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If I bring on a photographer, it's like, I want to see them blow up with what they right, like. Maybe right. they like something yeah. else that I, like I don't take pictures of babies or weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some great photographers out there that do. Yeah. So they if do. I could help somebody that does that, it's like, yeah, be awesome at it. Awesome. Well, I could, you know, you say you don't do babies or what? I can see you do that because you do a lot of real life stuff. Yeah, but babies look like aliens and I don't. <laughs> uh, My babies did not. 
Every baby looks like I know, an alien. I know, I know. Put next to babies, and they look like aliens. Put yeah. them next to a Formula One car, yeah. and he'll there, get there you go. We did something cool. Now I can do that. <laughs> there you go. Now there's some people out there that, and if you're yeah. passionate about it, it shows in your work. Yeah, that, that's some true. Super that's true. Talented people out there that you know they absolutely love working with. Yeah. Uh huh. I get that. Well, well you know, but, I, we we appreciate sharing your story, and absolutely. I know there, there's a lot to it, but it's it's kind of cool just to hear how people transition from one part of their life to another. Yeah. So before we close, if you had any advice for someone getting out of the army, out of the military, want to start their own business, I know you said network, but what would be your advice to them? Um, networking in a broad sense, like getting people to give you advice and, and to go out and meet people, but find somebody that is doing something similar to what you're doing mm-hmm. and go talk to them, mirror them. Yeah. Yep, that's like, good advice. Uh, almost like an apprenticeship and, and nobody, I wouldn't say nobody, most people aren't going to say no. Um, that's it's the way we train in the army. It's comfortable for us, but find somebody that's doing something similar to what you want to do and get some experience with it. Like just test it out. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's cool. It's good advice. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Subscribe to Clarksville's conversation wherever you get your podcast, so you don't miss out on a single conversation.